You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, this one's for you. Yee-haw! Hey, hello everybody, welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage. Coming to you live and uh, somewhat clear. We are very clear. eyed this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was burning the candle at both ends, I'll tell you. Yeah. And the temperature's really dropping outside, too. It's interesting. Exactly. So I have to turn the heat on. Well, the heat's here, and we've got a really live show today. Terry O'Keefe is with us from OMVIC. That's the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council, and they actually operate and regulate the car industry in Ontario. Morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm talking great. about heat. He's the guy who turns the heat up on the bad guys. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, Joel is on, is on from the Automotive Business School of Canada. We all know it as Georgia College. We talk about training people to get into the car industry, uh, such as in sales, how to run a dealership. Uh, you know everything but mechanical. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. Dave McLean, I did it right, Steve. Yes, I did. Okay, Dave McLean is with us. And if you remember correctly, that's the auto show. Well, you know what? We're talking about changes in the automobile business, and millennials are coming into it. So Dave is going to talk about that topic. And to remind you that tickets are available November the 1st. We're already talking auto show. Mm -hmm. And if you buy them early, you're going to get 25% discount, which is pretty good. Plus, the winner of our trip for two to Las Wages, as my kids used to call it, Las (laughs) Wages. Uh, Jenny's going to be calling in, and we're going to talk to her. She's all excited, ready to rock and roll. And that's about it. So we're ready to go at this end. When we come back, Terry O'Keefe is going to be with us. Steve, take it away. Oh, okay. Al, I'm going to sound like Al. Uh, This is Dave's Corner Garage. You can watch us on Facebook as well. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Dave's Corner Garage, and you can see everybody in their Saturday morning attire. And uh, you can rub Al's head. It's a little... It tires. I'm a, t- a tire. A tire. Who, who's wearing a, t- a tire? Tire. Plus, you got a spare tire. Any questions for Terry O'Keefe? He's in for the entire hour. Especially if you're going to look for a car this weekend, he's got more information on how you can do it and protect your uh, rear end, so to speak. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back right after this. This is Dave's Corner Garage. It's a consumer radio show, so we want you to call in whenever you can to Terry O'Keefe or anything else you have to do with your car, your truck, or your RV. So, back to you, Dave. Okay, Terry's with us. Obviously, he's with OMVIC, and, uh, you know, they're continually have, uh, I guess, their thumb on the fingerprint of the industry because you have mystery shoppers. We do. They've been busy. You have been busy, yeah. (laughs) Um, We actually just uh, finished a a couple of different mystery shopping initiatives, one for research and one for enforcement. Uh, The research one took place down in the uh, London-Windsor area, Mm -hmm. uh, shopped 25 dealerships, and 33% of them uh, failed our all-in price advertising mystery shop. Now, we should explain, all-in pricing is, when you write it down, it's 15600 bucks. 
That's the car, less the taxes. That's the law in Ontario. Yeah. If a dealer advertises a price for a vehicle, that price has to include all fees and charges the dealer intends to collect with the exception of HSD and licensing. So they went in shopping at these 25 dealerships, a mixture of new and used car stores, and 33% of the dealers tried to add fees or uh, extra charges on top of the advertised price. Do you find that they threw a bait and switch? You know, like, like here's the car, but it's... Obviously, got a few bits of damage on and stuff like that. Why we look at this one or that one? Is there is that what's going on too? There is some of that that goes on. Uh, funny enough, uh, four of the dealers that were shopped didn't have the vehicle uh, that they were advertising. Yeah, and these were used vehicles, though. It wasn't like those oh. the, the, from the the manufacturer, the unicorn that there's only one in the country. These were used vehicles, and so what we asked the mystery shoppers to do is go back a week later. And see if that ad is still alive. And three of the four dealerships, their ads were still live. And there was so, no car. There's no car. Mm. So that's problematic as well. And so that was what happened in London, Windsor. Up uh, north, uh, we uh, our enforcement team did mystery shopping in uh, the Sudbury and the Sioux. And there, 50% of the dealers they visited. Again, it was 28 dealers. 50% tried to add fees to their advertised prices. And so the vast majority of those dealers are now looking at enforcement action, whether it's charges or they're going to be disciplined for breaching our code of ethics, but uh, that's what's going on. For our listeners who may not know what, what extra charges can or can't be you know, thrown on a vehicle, mm-hmm. what would they normally try to put on and tell you that are mandatory, for example? Yeah, so the most common one is, is an administration fee. Yeah. And don't, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with dealers charging an administration fee. It is perfectly legal, and you should see it itemized on your bill of sale. But if the dealer does charge an administration fee or a fee for the nitrogen in the tires or the security etching products, Mm -hmm. they have to include those costs in the advertised price. It can't be a surprise after the fact. Well, there is a surprise if you're leasing the car because they give you an administration fee where you're buying it. And now it's four years later and they're trying to hit you with another administration fee. And that should be spelled out in the lease agreement. Yes. Uh, but that's a little bit different because the all-in pricing we're talking about has specifically about advertising, not a, not a, a lease and purchase. Right. Uh, but that admin fee should be spelled out in the uh, in Right. The so I'm, I'm, agreement. I'm leasing the car and it says admin fee $599. Yeah. And now it's the end of the lease and they're saying, well, you know, there's an admin fee for us to put this through. And I'm, I'm saying, no, it's not. I paid it already. So that's a conflict right there that really try and boost it. That's right. And, and consumers should know um, first with, if it is a purchase that they're looking at. If, you know, we've got a campaign running right now. It says take a picture because yep. that is the best way you can protect yourself if, you're go- if you happen to encounter a dealer who's non-compliant in their advertising. Take a picture of the dealer's ad. Take a screenshot on your phone of the dealer's ad for that vehicle. And if you go to the dealership and they try to add fees, just point at the picture and go, no, you can't do that. I know about all-in pricing. You're not allowed to do that. Right, but what if it's just in a generic picture of a car? You know, I mean, how you know it's that specific one? I mean, they're not going to show the VIN necessarily on the advertising. That's and and that that could happen, but mm-hmm. it's a you're inquiring about this car and this ad. Okay. And do you require stock number or VIN number? I'm really glad you asked that. It is many provinces. Yeah. That is a requirement in advertising. It is not in Ontario. Interesting. I mean, I. I, I, we're having parties, and we're, one of my wife's friends comes up, and she shows me this deal. And I says, you leased the car. You didn't buy the car. You're renting it. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. It's mine at the end. I just got paid the balloon payment. 
But <laughs> that's the way he was described. There. Nice balloon. Yeah. <laughs> and and we actually do hear from consumers yeah. who thought they purchased a vehicle and they've gone to trade it in. And the it's dealership that they're trying to trade them in, trade it into has to explain to them, that's not your car. That belongs to a leasing company. And they were totally unaware that they had actually leased and not purchased. And part of that is the fault of the dealer for not making sure when they leased them the car right. that they understood what they were doing. But also part of it is, is, is the consumer. These things tend to happen when all they're interested in is the monthly payment or the biweekly <laughs> payment. I can get that car for that much biweekly. Where do I sign? And they don't even realize it's a lease, not a purchase. So now they're even just moving biweekly to weekly. 70 bucks a week, 80 bucks a week. Don't they realize that they're making extra payments? It, I mean, that's why you've got to ask, what is the price of the car? Yes. What is the cost of this vehicle? And make sure that you understand that. And, uh, you know, to get those payments lower, you're, we're seeing also consumers, of course, taking loans out over longer and longer periods of time, up to 10 years. Well, we're just doing, I'm handling a friend of mine, his son wrote the car off. It's an eight-year payment schedule. The car thing is four years old, and he still owes $13,000 on it. And what's the insurance company going to give him for the, for the wreck? For $400. $4,000. So he's, he's now, he's going to have to come up with the other eight. Yeah. He has to come up with the other eight. And yeah. it's DWI, and obviously they're going to argue with that too. And so he's got a few problems. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is is my friend signed for him, and he's the one who's, who's on the hook. Yeah. And on top of it, as that car ages, you're going to have to start repairing it. So yes. you're going to talk about another three, $400 every month just yeah. for repairs on top of the payments. Buy in haste and repent in leisure. And if you ever <laughs> go to a, a good garage, that $300 is usually seven. <laughs> I don't no. know if there's something wrong with my muffler. No, we my have wheels. all in pricing. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a call throughout the entire hour. If you've got questions about going to get a car for this weekend or you're getting ready for winter, the lines are wide open. And we're going to have coming up next a really cool conversation with a gentleman at, uh, up at Georgian College with Joseph Lausanne. And that's coming up next along with Terry O'Keefe for the entire hour. So stay with us. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. And for those who have been writing in on Facebook.com forward slash Dave's Corner Garage, uh, they've got some questions coming up for Terry with uh, with Omvik. Terry, what's your website? Because they wanted to go on and listen, and listen to the show and uh, look at your website as well. Omvik.ca. Uh, there's great consumer tips for buying cars. You can check the if a dealership that you're considering doing business with has had any enforcement issues. Some really great advice there. Oh, good. We just got a smiley face on that. There you go. There you go. Joe Lozon is with us. He's the executive director at the uh, Automotive Business School. And off air, I was just talking with Terry, and he was saying, Joseph, 7,700 students went through your course last year. Oh, have we got a mom? Maybe we don't. I have about uh, 7,700 people that go through every year. Uh, we also do training for dealers. Uh, so we do some management training for them, and then we also have undergrads. So from our undergrad, we put through, we have about 500 students at any given time. And then through the dealership management program, we have about 100 to 200 uh, dealers in our programs at any time. Now, you're more involved in the financial side and more the sales side than, than the mechanical side, correct? Yeah. So we're, we're preparing people for business careers. So if you look at, you know, basically all of our training is around uh, marketing, economics, finance, accounting, the same you would get in a business diploma or any kind of BBA program. 
so we're really gearing up people to work for whether that's an, a new car dealership, work directly for one of the new vehicle manufacturers, the aftermarket industry, or one of the the vendors or partners of, of those main three sectors. That's kind of what, what we're gearing our students towards. Now, I didn't know, but we, Terry told me that in order for me to get my OMVIC license, uh, I actually come to you to get a course, or I can get the books from you to do the course. That's correct, Terry? Yeah, so the the OMVIC uh, automotive certification course is administered by Georgian College oh. for OMVIC, and that's mm-hmm. those 7,700 students. It's a course in automotive law and ethics, and it is a mandatory requirement for anyone who wants to become a salesperson or dealer in Ontario. Yeah, and we actually uh, build that into our undergraduate studies. So our students that are going through the diploma degree program will get their OMVIC license to allow them to sell vehicles and work in a new car dealership as well. Now, this is not mechanical. This is strictly management, you know, uh, financial, uh, sales concepts, trends, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so it's funny. You know, I do marketing for the school here and uh, talking to young people that are looking to get in the auto industry. They love cars. They have a passion for it. They probably even tinker with vehicles, so they're doing a bit of mechanic work. They just don't want to become a mechanic and do that for their 9 to 5. So uh, they don't really know where they want to end up. Um, So a lot of times it's, it's... trying to give them some education about all the different careers. Uh, so in a dealership, everyone knows, you know, there's a salesperson, there's a mechanic, but they don't understand that, you know, there's marketing people, human resource people, general operations and management. Uh, you know, a typical dealership could have about 60 different employees and only a handful of those are actually doing the sales and mechanics piece. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Joe, for for someone who's thinking about getting into it, do they need any automotive background at all, or can you take you take people totally green, so to speak? Yeah, so um, for our undergraduate undergraduate, it's totally green. You don't need to know anything. There is a math and English requirement, like any post secondary education would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're taking people that are completely green. And if someone's working in a new car dealership, we do management training for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but our main focus is really uh, taking people that have a passion for cars, maybe want to do something other than mechanic, mm-hmm. and, and helping them navigate that career, their career options, where in the automotive industry they might see themselves in terms of, you know, what kind of organization or sector, as well as, you know, professional career outcomes. What careers are they looking for now, for instance, like your, your, your fall classes are full, so are we looking at winter classes now? Yeah, so we, do, we take a diploma. So that's a two-year entry-level, mid-level management type program. Uh, that has a January start. So if someone wanted to get started immediately, that's still open. Uh, but really a lot of, especially at the high school level, they do their exploration around this time of year for next year. So uh, we're really starting to, you know, we have an open house coming up on November 16th. Uh, we'll have another one in the new year. And a lot of that's trying to make sure, you know, it's a two to four year commitment for someone to that loves cars, that wants to get into the auto industry to see if Georgian College, the Automotive Business School is going to be a good fit. And if we're offering the right pathway to the career that they might be interested in. Joe, for those who are listening right now who are thinking about getting into a, a job area that you can get placed into, what's uh, the website people can go on to and we'll, uh, we'll hook up after that? Yeah, the easy website is www.absc.ca. absc.ca. That's it. Dave's marking that down on his calendar right now. Right on my forehead. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Have a great weekend. All right, thank you. All right, this is thank Dave's you, Corner Joe. Garage. we got a couple people on the line. We'll get to them shortly as well. The one and only Dave McLean from the Auto Show coming up 
And it's just around the corner, a couple months down the road. We'll talk to him and take your questions right after this. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. It definitely is a crisp coffee and Bailey's morning. Mm. And we've got uh, Gwenda on the line. She's going to hang in for a bit. She's got a call in from Innisfil about her car. And we welcome your calls throughout the hour. Back over to Dave with another Dave. Dave McLean is with us, and he's with the Auto Show, which is in February, but we are starting to move some tickets in the, in the beginning of November. Dave, the show is different this time. You're calling it Transforming... Trans- Yes. Transformative times, Dave. Let me help thank you. you. Out there. Thank you. I haven't had coffee yet this morning. <laughs> now, explain that. There's different type of drivers coming into this into the automotive business. Well, yeah, I think one of the things. I mean, we do our research every year and try and figure out what will resonate not only with consumers and get them excited about buying automobiles, but also what works for manufacturers and stakeholders of the auto show. So we got to try and connect, uh, create a theme that everybody can connect to and. What we found in in the last year is that there there's this massive transformation that's going on within the auto industry. I mean, people are engaging different ways with their cars. Manufacturers are delivering vehicles in different ways. Mm-hmm. Technology certainly plays a big role in in vehicles and how vehicles can be used. And uh, so, uh, in going through all of this, we we found that you know transformative was one of the key words that kept coming up. And so we thought, well, you know, this truly is transformative times in the auto industry. So, Dave, what we're talking about is in the old days, you know, somebody would want to pop the hood immediately, look at the engine size, see if it's got a turbo on it or not. But now the new kids aren't even necessarily opening the hood. They just want to know what toys they've got on the dashboard. And how much? Yeah, you know, that, that's exactly right. I mean, I couldn't tell you what's under the hood in my car, but I can tell you what, you know, what the, the vehicle screen is like, whether or not I've got 5G connectivity, uh, you know, what sort of autonomous features I have, and, and you know, certainly... Uh, other features like augmented reality are starting to come into play. So these are these are the top of mind uh, content items that people are looking for when they're purchasing new cars. Is this because the millennials are starting to come into the into the car market? Well, that that's a great segment because or a great uh, great segment question. Let's call it because uh, manufacturers are having to deal with not just demographics in terms of age, cultural bias, or anything like that, but they've got to. They've got to take a look at how people are using their vehicles from a lifestyle perspective. And, and the Gen Z group is really one that's uh, always been tough to nail down and certainly one that's influencing car manufacturers right now. Generally generally speaking, they're more environmentally conscious. They're looking at electric vehicles, hybrid vehicles. Uh, um, they're, I would say, probably looking more at function rather than form. Uh, there was a rumor going around that they don't even want to buy cars. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of like pick it up when you use it and park it when you don't need it anymore. Well, you know what, Dave, you're leading into a great point here, and that's the, the question is, what have we become, right? Are you a car owner? Are you a driver? Are you a user? Are you an operator? And what specifically is the intent or the purchase intent for your vehicle? I see that twice. I see like an urban market and a rural market. You know, I, I don't think a farmer is going to be looking at, at uh, hybrids and stuff like that. They need tough, no, tough but, trucks. But that's why, that's why, you know, trucks are so important in Canada with half the vehicles in this market being sold as, as you know, categorized as trucks. Yes, SUVs or trucks. Yeah, yeah, following with that's a very general sweeping category because you take a look at the luxury behind the trucks today, and you know you've got a pickup truck that used to be a twenty twenty five thousand dollar purchase. You got pickup trucks that are upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. You know, you're talking about young people, but at the same time, older people really enjoy you know a lot of these features that cars have. I don't know how many people have asked me to put in backup cameras. You know, well, um, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of old guys on the segment right now. So I mean, you can ask yourselves what you expect from vehicles today. I know that. My, my my needs from a vehicle have been changing over the years. I'm in my mid-50s, and I'm looking at, uh, 
vehicles in, in you know my vehicle in different ways. So so you're absolutely right. And and with the buying power of that 55 plus segment, you can't deny it. Dave, well, how do we get in touch with the auto show? Well, the best way to get in touch with the auto show is through our website, through autoshow.ca. Of course, we're going through a bit of a reconstruction right now. It'll be launched and ready to go by the 1st of November, at which time we'll be offering uh, tickets for sale with a with a huge 25% discount. But I always drive people to autoshow.ca because it's your best planning tool. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, Jen. Thank, thank you. you. All righty, let's quickly go to the phones, and let's say good morning to Jenny. For, well, not Jennifer. Gwenda. Gwenda. Good morning, Gwenda. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Great day. Any day you wake up is a great day. Remember that. That's right. <laughs> you have a question about your truck. Um, it's a town and country 2014 van. And I'm just wondering what the torque conversion should be for my tires. Uh, Alan, I don't understand that one. Great question. <laughs> Sorry. You want to, what, what are you talking about, your torque conversion? Um, the torque um, for tightening my tires. Oh, on the bolts. Oh, the wheel nuts. Uh, yeah. Okay, great question. Uh, I'd have to look it up, to be quite honest with you. It's probably around 60, 70 pounds, but do you have a torque wrench specifically that you're using? Um, no, but what has happened is a few weeks ago, I lost my front tire Whoa. I mean, on the, wheel, the highway. The whole wheel came off, did it? Yeah, and the lug nuts were still on the uh, post. They were sheared right off. So now they're saying maybe that they were tightened too much. And then yesterday when I took the van back in, because I've had it back a week, mm-hmm. um, they I asked them what they did the torque at, and uh, they said 100, because mm-hmm. um, I'm just having them retorque because I just got the van back. So I just want it tire pressure and everything checked on it. Well, what you may want to mention to the fellows, too, that are working on the vehicle um, is that you've got to make sure that your mating surfaces are nice and clean as well. So, in other words, the back of the brake rotor and the back of the wheel itself, the wheel rim, have to be clean of any kind of corrosion that's there. Because a lot of cases, that that's what's happening, is it's, it's building up because of the salt and the corrosion. You get this rust in there, and then when you're torquing the wheels tight, you, the torque wrench may click or the gun may stop, but in fact, once you start to drive the car, it comes loose because it's not really tight, tight. And most people recommend you come back after 100 to 200 kilometers to recheck. You know, when they're swapping out tires for the winter rims, uh, they right. have to recheck them after about 200 Ks to make sure that doesn't happen. But the other thing, too, Gwen, is that, um, you know, question, when you were driving the vehicle prior to the wheel coming off, were you not experiencing anything in terms of noise or a vibration? Yes. Yes, I was, and I had it checked by a mechanic. They said I needed my brake service, so I made an appointment to have my brake service. Right. And I said, is it safe to drive? And they said yes, Mm. and the very next day I'm out on the highway, and it came off. Whoa. So they made that diagnostic without actually seeing or hearing the car? No, they they just uh, jacked it up and did a visual. Whoa. Time for a new mechanic. <laughs> yeah, somebody screwed up there. <laughs> so remember that if now now that you've got us all done and repaired, go back again and make sure that after two hundred Ks they recheck the torque on the wheels. Okay. Well, that's what I just did yesterday was to have it retorqued. Fine. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just wondering because I've had them torqued before and they said one nineteen, and t- yesterday the guy said a hundred. So like, shouldn't um, shouldn't come off if they shouldn't snap. There's something defective was there. And 
Not much you can do with well, water I, under the bridge right now, but the reality is that's a good lesson for everybody else that's listening. Okay, so maybe go back to Chrysler and see if there was a recall on that? Uh, I didn't see anything. Usually I get them every week, all the recalls. Okay. Uh, but I didn't see anything on that. What I, what you should do is uh, just go to Google and just Google will we'll not torque for your model and see where that comes up. Okay. All righty, thank you. Have a great day. Okay. That's going to be an ob- an obvious thing now because we're coming to winter, seven degrees. Exactly. And, you know, whenever we have our OPP officer on, he tells us how many wheels come off on the highway that we don't even realize. Um, you know what the crazy thing is? When you come to a stop, the wheel comes right back. <laughs> but but my, my point again with Gwenda was that, and, and she, it's funny and or sad, I mean, because she actually inquired about this noise and, and got a terrible noise. reply. But, uh, but yeah, a wheel will make a long noise for, for, for you know, a couple of days. It doesn't just fall off overnight. Yeah, rump, 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 rump. Well, exactly. So if you feel something or hear something, pull over to the side of the road. By all means, if it if it sounds like the wheel's loose, it very well could be. So get that torque wrench out. And it's not just the wheel coming off your car. It's that wheel rolling down the highway, bouncing the, bouncing over to the other side. Now you got a car coming up at 120 Ks and a wheel coming up. Right, here. so it's not just your car that's getting damaged, yes. but it's that poor guy that's coming the other way. Exactly. I remember Kerry right. saying that when a wheel comes off, it almost doubles the speed. When it comes off the car yeah. and hits the highway, boom. Well, it does if you're, someone's coming the other way. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious issue. Okay, we're going to be right back. Steve, take us out, please. Take us out, please. Hey, you want a gun? No, we'll go with a gun route. We have, uh, we're have. we going to announce the winner of the trip for two to Vegas coming up shortly, and we've got Terry O'Keefe in for the balance of the hour. If you've got any questions about going to a dealer and what to look for and how to save yourself from anguish, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. I want to thank everybody. I mean, the hundreds of people who have entered the contest to win trip for two to Las Vegas. Unfortunately, only one person can win, and Dave has that person online right now. Yes, what we did was if you liked us and followed us on Facebook, you were entered in the contest, and you're entered in every contest that we have from now on on Facebook. And winner today was Jenny. Good morning, Jenny. Congratulations. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, Super, some- but we're sad because you won the tickets. Uh, I, I am so sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, they will fly. First off, Jenny, you don't have to go right away. You have two years to utilize this ticket. So if you want to go Christmas time or in the early spring, whatever you'd like, they'll accommodate you. Uh, we'll fly you down to Las Vegas. You get two nights in a hotel down there and uh, do whatever you want. If you want to stay longer, you can talk to the agent. And then we'll fly you back home. Well, thank you so much. I've only been to Vegas once, but I look forward to going back. I think maybe April would be a good month to go. Yeah, it's not yeah apparently the springtime is really the best. Yeah. yeah, because in the summer it's too, too hot, and right now it's getting cold. You know what I found in Las Vegas, though? They always are advertising to you. No matter where you go, mm-hmm. all the ads and all the bling and everything, it's an amazing place. Absolutely phenomenal. Plus, all the good shows really start kicking in around, around the springtime, too. Yeah, and like they say, Vegas, nobody sleeps. They're always awake. <laughs> Which is very true. Yeah. Send us pictures, Jan. We were curious. Okay, not a problem. Right. Well, thank you so much. If the stuff is going out in tomorrow's mail. Oh, no, Sunday, Monday's mail. Sorry. Monday's mail. Okay, well, yeah. thank you so much. I. I feel sorry for the rest of the people, but I'm sure you'll be doing it again, and yes. and somebody else will have a chance. Thank you so much, and th- congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to the phones quickly. Uh, we have a question that says, is it safe to put Stable, which is a gas stabilizer product, uh, in my gas every time I fill up? And that's a question from Joe. 
Yeah. Joe in Seneca, New York, are you on the line? Yeah. All right, so what, you want to put stabilizer in there all the time? What's the purpose of that? Well, you know, they say about the moisture and that, you know, I says, you know, does it hurt to do that? Uh, I don't know that it'll hurt. I don't think it's really necessary, though. Oh, only for the winter of your store. Yes, that's, that's primarily great. otherwise. I mean, if you wanted to buy a gas line antifreeze, I mean, that's something that's going to, you know, get rid of the moisture that way. Um, but the stabilizer is basically just to do that, stabilize the fuel. You put it in your any type of uh, piece of equipment that you're only using seasonally, whether it's, you know, putting it in your gas in your gas tank in the fall or, uh, you know, or your lawnmower in the other time of the year. You know, it's interesting that um, uh, I think the stable would actually hurt the O2 sensor and things like that. It's not designed to run that that much through it. Oh. So and the bottom line is, we just use it when we're storing the car. We've put it in, run the car for at least 10 minutes so that it mixes with the gasoline, all right? Because a lot of oh. times people throw it in but don't run the car. So up at the injectors, it's the unstabilized gas, and in the fuel tank, it's the stabilized gas. So you've got to run that fuel through that system for about 10 minutes. Oh, because I already put some, but I, I says, well, when, well, when are you planning to store? Pardon? When are you planning to store the car? Uh, as soon as I get some work done on it. Okay. The thing is, I already put it ahead of time. Yeah, it's not going to kill it. One bottle's not going to kill it. And it isn't a bottle anyways. It's usually like, I think, 20 or 30 milliliters that you pour in. Well, it says to put an ounce in every two yeah. and a half gallons. Yeah. So, right, so you put the whole bottle in when you fill up the tank for the most part? No, no, no. I just I just put what it says, uh, an ounce for every two and a half gallons. Yeah, so that's, it's not a lot of stuff in there. It's like the beer when it goes skunky. Then I give it to my neighbor. Yeah, like a beer, <laughs> like a bottle will last a long time with us with a beer. Joe, thanks for your call. Have a good weekend. Okay, thank you. All, All right. right, back to you, Terry and Dave. Terry, you and closed Al. up a couple of dealers, or and this week, when was in Aurelia? Yes, uh, we issued an immediate suspension order to uh, a dealership, and I want to make sure I get this right. Auto Show Aurelia, two thousand and eleven, at four fifty four West Street South in Aurelia. Uh, they, uh, as of this moment, cannot legally buy, sell, lease, consign uh, vehicles. Can you imagine somebody in Aurelia listening to this going, Oy vey! That's where I <laughs> bought my car from. <laughs> Just bought my car! Well, actually, we have some advice for consumers who may have purchased a vehicle from that dealership. Um, if you've bought a vehicle, uh, do a lien check on it. Buy a used vehicle information package or a Carfax report. Uh, to check for liens, because this is why uh, we issued the immediate suspension order. Uh, OMVIC uh, received complaints and conducted an inspection, and uh, our findings allege that the dealer was not removing uh, liens from vehicles that were traded in. Some of those vehicles were then sold with the liens on them. Wow. So we're suggesting to people that uh, that they, uh, if they've purchased a vehicle, check, check it to make sure there's no liens on it that you don't expect. And if you've traded a vehicle in... Uh, Again, check with your financial institution to make sure that that lien was paid off. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you uh, purchased a vehicle from that dealer with an ex uh, and it included an extended warranty, that was check up, yeah. with the warranty company to make sure there's actually a warranty in place. You know, yeah. I think that would be an improvement on a UVIP form, you know, if they could have a place on it where the purchaser could initial it so that you know they've actually seen it. Because, you know, so many people when they're buying a car really have no clue about any of this paperwork or what their rules are, or what they're entitled to. Um, so at least at that point, you know, the, uh, you know the, they would have seen the used vehicle information package. They would have seen that there's a lien on it. They would have seen that there was an accident, perhaps, um, and then signed it. 
So then, except in this instance, dealers don't have to provide a UVIP. UVIPs are only those used vehicle information packages are only required in a private transaction. Oh, not in a dealer one. Dealers do not have to provide them. Wouldn't it, could it be possible that it would be on the ownership a like an X or some kind of mark? That if they see that, they should be checking? Well, that that's the question you'll have to ask the Ministry of Transportation. Yeah, but wouldn't that be it's, easier? Uh, I remember my father was always saying, the car had a lean on it, should be a yeah. pink ownership. car was free and clear, it was green. Yeah, but if a consumer has dealt dealt with the auto show or really a 2011 and they have any concerns, contact OMVIC. Uh, give our complaints and inquiries team a call right. they're there to help and if they do encounter a problem if they've got a lien they didn't expect or a lien non-payout on a trade-in we do have a compensation fund and they mm-hmm. may qualify to make a claim to the fund and so it's not uh, as bleak as it might sound for these consumers yes. so what's get the in number that you call sir uh 1-800 you're gonna i'm gonna have to give it to you when i get when we come back okay, okay. i can't remember right. it off the top of my head this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back with that 1-800 number from OMVIC and more of your questions until the top of the hour. Stay with us. This is Dave's Corner Garage, and a couple uh, key points we want to get across on OMVIC's behalf is from Terry O'Keefe. Maybe a 1-800 number and talking more about uh, liens and all that lovely stuff. Terry? Yeah, you caught me right off guard with the 1-800 number mm. there. Jeez, yeah. So the number to reach us is one 800 6002 and the complaints and inquiries team, which is who most consumers would want to speak right. with, it's extension 3942. So that's 1-800-943-6002, extension 3942. Now, I had two questions for Terry. One of them was, is there a time limit for you to make a claim? If you find out six months down the road that you've been double dipping the account, what happens? Yeah, so if, if it's a claim to the compensation fund we're talking about here, consumers have two years. Okay. They have two years to file the claim with us. Um, most, most, um, some of these consumers, because the, they, they bought a new vehicle and the finance included buying that vehicle and paying off the, the loan on their trade in. Right. And when that loan on the trade in wasn't paid, of course, they've got a payment coming out of their account for their new car mm-hmm. and a payment coming out of their account for the car they traded in. And, Again, allegations, this is what our investigation has shown so far, is a few of these consumers, the dealer was actually making those monthly or biweekly payments on the loan that should have been paid off. They were never found out. That is a huge warning sign. If a dealer ever suggests to a consumer that they're going to make loan payments for them on a trade-in, call us right away. Mm. I guess it happens more often now because in the old days, you know, when, when someone had a car for four or five years and traded it in, the assumption was that it would have been paid off. But now you're talking about these extended uh, term payments. That's correct. Where they're going for eight or nine years. So, yeah, that, that car that they traded in could still very well have a $10,000 lien against it. Well, we, we know of eight consumers uh, from this dealership who have uh, with tra- who traded vehicles in with $145,000 of loans that were to be paid off that wasn't. And the money was absorbed in the dealership. No, no. You don't know. 145k, 145,000 dollars in loans on trade-ins that wasn't uh, that allegedly wasn't paid off. Well, I was thinking that was one car, and I wondered, wow, those are fancy cars. Yeah, not Norelia. (laughs) Oh, nice guy. You see some of the cottages up there and homes; they're very nice. Actually, every house up there is a million dollars. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the other thing too we have to mention because Terry's talking about the compensation fund and how it's set up to help people. Again, it's only for people who deal with dealers. It's not for people who buy cars at the side of the road or at a Timmy's. That's right. So a consumer who, who encounters something like this, or let's say the consumer buys a, a vehicle, 
uh, that has a lien on it, mm-hmm. that there's money still owing on mm-hmm. it, that consumer, if they bought that vehicle from a registered dealer, is protected by the compensation fund up to $45,000 per transaction. But if you bought a car privately and it turned out to have a lien on it and the bank wants to repossess it now, they you're can, on your own. Yeah, they can uh, pick it up. You, you, cannot, make door, a, you yeah. cannot make a claim to the comp fund. And uh, it's for this uh, for the dealer in, a, in Aurelia right now, uh, along with the immediate suspension order that we issued. We also issued a proposal uh, to revoke the license of the dealer uh, and of the uh, officer and director and of the one other salesperson who was registered there. Um, they have 15 days to uh, to yeah. appeal, and uh, there would be a, a hearing before the license appeal tribunal. So, okay, he's been suspended. Is, does that mean forever he's suspended, or can he get back into the industry? So if if a registrant has its, uh, if the registration is revoked, they cannot reapply for registration until two conditions have passed, or sorry, two conditions uh, have, have, have occurred. Two years have to have passed, and it has to be clear that the material circumstances that led to the revocation have changed. changed yeah. And so you've got to really demonstrate, you know, good behavior in that type of thing. That's why you want to know where the money comes from when you apply right. and, and, and how much money is there. And, and of course, if the compensation fund has paid out claims on behalf of a dealer that closed up or was revoked and then that entity wants to come back into business, they're also going to have to pay back the compensation fund. So it's not as easy as these guys just changing the name of a dealership or changing their last names. That's absolutely correct. Or hiring family that and have different the, names. The yeah. beauty of this, all this information is on your website. You can see if a dealer's been canceled or is in, in hold or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? You can do a dealer search at the top right corner of every yes. web page, and it'll give you the history if they've got enforcement action, uh, proposals, discipline, any all that information. It's public information. And right. don't forget, you all got smartphones, so uh, if you're looking at a deal, take a picture of it before you go into the yeah. dealership. Yeah. Buy in haste. Repent in leisure. Barry, uh, website? Omvic.ca. O-M-V-I-C.ca. Better than O-N-N. <laughs> Easy to find. Thank yep. you for joining us. Always a pleasure. Duncan, nice job behind the board. Alan, as usual, winter's coming. It's time to service your car. It is. It's time to put on those winter tires. Give no. us a call oh, no. right now. I want to go golfing still. Well, you can go golfing. You can just be driving there with a car with winter tires on it. Okay. Bring on the flask. Keep the shiny side up. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.